The Press Pass on WKXL is presented by the Prescription Center, where the health of you and your family comes first. Check out either of their two locations, one at the Concord Hospital Campus, the other 125 North Main Street. The Prescription Center will also deliver your prescriptions to you free of charge. That's the Prescription Center, where the health of you and your family comes first. This is the Press Pass with Chris Ryan. This is where you hear unique conversations with the best athletes, coaches, and general managers in sports. I think you appreciate each and every one. Uh, each and every one is special in their own way. And I play with two guys that uh, they were on top of their game on a nightly basis, and people get spoiled. You know, they they saw Manny, they saw David, so they they start taking people for granted. Uh, opportunity for me. I know I need to help my team now, so you know, the better I play, the better it'll be for us. I think it's uh, one of the most important things is focus and consistency. The Celtics look to take command in Game 3 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Is Butchie in trouble with the Bruins? The Red Sox finally found their way as they won 7 of 10. Here's the press pass. I am Chris Ryan. We'll start with the Celtics. And Celtics Game 1, put that behind them. Uh, that may be the only game they lose this series. Game two is who the Boston Celtics are. And we saw that this Celtics team is much better than the Miami Heat. Celtics even not at full strength in that game without Derek White, but with Marcus Smart back in the lineup off the ankle injury, Al Horford out of health and safety protocols. You know, we saw who this team is. And this team throughout the course of the postseason has bounced back from losses. They are 4-0 following losses this postseason and the Celtics showed in that Bucks series in my view you know they're just kind of at the top and seeing who may knock them off and it's a good place to be so Celtics get smart back they get Horford back and they blow out the heat in game number two here's Ime Adoka on that yeah it was great to have the vets back obviously a calming presence there um didn't get off to our best start, a little slow at the start, but uh, fought right back into it. And after, I guess, the first five or six minutes, we held them down scoring-wise. Um, but overall, it was good, good overall effort. Bounced back. I, I felt we didn't play as poorly as last game showed. You know, it was, we went, like I said, we won three quarters and had a very bad uh, third quarter that was hard to overcome. But we saw a lot of positives and areas we could attack, and so uh, it helped to have those two back for sure. Celtics, 127-102 winners over the Heat. I talked with Rob Williams about this team and their ability to respond to adversity. Why do you think this team has responded so well to adversity throughout the year? And what have you gained from those experiences that make you think you'll have success uh, in bouncing back here? Yeah, you know, um, got heart on this team, you know. Um, we've been in a situation where we had to fight fight ourselves out of the holes. We dug ourselves in, you know, so I'm a firm believer in um, and us matching the adversity, you know, that we face. Like I said, it, it starts with that. You know, we just got to come together, correct the mistakes, and um, be ready to fight, man. That's what it comes down to, effort and fight. Celtics have star offensive players in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. But make no mistake, this team is built on its defense. But it really has always had standout defensive players. The question is, why are things working better from a team perspective this season? I talked with Al Horford about that. Hey, Al, um, this team has always had great individual defenders. In your view, what kind of clicked this year from a from a team perspective and how high a level do you see yourselves defending at um, kind of at an all-time basis? 
Um, yeah, just, you know, guys that take pride in, in, in defending, playing the right way. And, um, and it, it's contagious. Um, you know, we're all out there and we're all trying to do our best. And we're, we're very engaged in that. And, and our defense is what has gotten us to this point. Boston Bruins went down in Game 7 of their Eastern Conference first-round series against the Carolina Hurricanes this past weekend, and that's lead and that's led to questions about the future of Patrice Bergeron. He is undecided as to whether he wants to play again. If he does, it will be for the Bruins. And Don Sweeney, general manager, is in the final year of his contract. Bruce Cassidy is going into the final year of his contract next year. And it seemed as though Cam Neely was laying the groundwork for Sweeney to let go of Cassidy. Uh, Cam said that Don Sweeney would be back and that he'd make a decision on the coach. To me, I think that if you're going to let anybody go, you should probably let everybody go. The roster's not good enough. Uh, I think that's pretty clear. The decision was made for whatever reason. The Boston Bruins are going to build a roster that had size, uh, would battle on the walls, and was going to try to avenge the loss in the Stanley Cup Finals three years ago instead of try to meet the league where it is now. And that's with speed, transition out of defensive end, a very similar model to what we've seen with the Tampa Bay Lightning of a chance to win three cups in a row and what defeated the Bruins in the first round with the Carolina Hurricanes, despite perhaps not having as much top-level talent as the Bruins have. It's about depth. It's about speed. It's about a transition game. And the Bruins aren't built that way. And I don't know how you know that's Bruce Cassidy's fault. Certainly, he could have done more. The team has regressed. They went for the Stanley Cup Finals in 19 and have moved back to a point where they lost the first round. So there is certainly you know the potential need for some change. The question is, why would it be Cassidy? We transition now to the Red Sox. Red Sox have won seven out of their last 10 games. Beat the Mariners 7-3 at Fenway Park last night. I talked with Alex Cora prior to the game about what's coming together for the Red Sox here. It's not that we depend on the offense, but the offense is what gets us going. Uh, and then it, it's one of those that now there's not so much pressure on the pitching staff. Uh, although we're still playing some close games, but not every pitch is a tie game, one nothing. You know, there's been margin for error, right? Uh, for example, yesterday, you know, we were up 9-4, and Sawa came in, gets the first guy, guy out. They got two hits. We walk one guy. Stromy comes in walks the other guy. We were still up 9-5. And uh, we didn't have that luxury the first three weeks. It seems like every game was one nothing, 2-1, going late into the game. So, um, you know, we were... I think last year we I, I, that that four runs or whatever it is, you know, if we score four or more, our record is really really good. Uh, I ran into it the other day, and uh, me and Foxy, we got that in, you know, like we always text each other, you know, and we we're joking with the guys today. It's like if we score four or more, we're like 16 and whatever, and then I was like, that's not possible. We haven't won 16 games, I guess, and uh, and then I told them that actually if we score four. Before the fifth inning, we're like 20-0, and 0, you know, which is not possible either because we haven't won two in it. But kind of like that's the mindset, you know, let's get four right away and see where it takes us. And uh, you see the bunts, you see guys moving over, although we have to be better in that aspect, minute second, no outs. That's something we struggled the last, the last week. But kind of like get four right away and see where the game takes us. And uh, 
you know, we can do that offensively, and it doesn't have to be hitting the ball out of the ballpark. It's running the base as well, moving guys over, putting the ball in play, and we've done a better job the last 10 days. Certainly one thing that has been great has been Trevor Story's bat. Four home runs, good a couple grand slams in two days for Trevor Story. We'll hear from him in just a moment. Xander Bogart's involved in a pretty scary collision last night with uh, Alex Verdugo in the eighth inning. He left the game Finished the inning, and Alex Corsain just day-to-day for Bogarts. I sat down with him inside the dugout at Fenway Park and talked future, past, and present with the Red Sox shortstop. Joined by Xander Bogarts. And Xander, you've seen obviously everything in your Red Sox uniform, the good, the bad, ups and downs. How do those experiences kind of help you in, in times like this where the team's in a certain spot where perhaps if you're younger you try to do too much? Because it seems like you kind of found – your niche personally in a difficult time for the team. I mean, no one, no one wants to be in this position. If to start it off with, I don't think anyone wants to be in this position. But this, uh, this is, this is where we're at, you know. And this is pretty much based on how we played, you know. And obviously, we know we're a better team uh, offensively. The pitching has been doing a good job for the most part. Just some games, we, we we just wasn't hitting, you know. And I feel like lately the offense have been starting to click. Uh, Obviously, we played a lot of games, but there's still a ton more games missing. It's just a matter of now. I mean, we we, we got to start winning on a on a more frequent basis. What are the challenges of playing with the urgency that you need to to get to where you want to, but also kind of keeping things loose to the point where you guys are having fun and it doesn't become a, a burden to become to the par- come to the park. And how do you, you know, address that as a veteran guy? I don't think anyone is is pressing too much. I wouldn't say that. I don't think anyone is trying to trying to do too much. Uh, get a grand slam with no one on base. You know, I don't I don't I don't feel any of that. It's just, I mean, when you're not playing well, it's just a lot of frustration. You know, uh, guys robbing base hits. You hit a ball right into the shift. You know, it's a, it's just a lot of frustration for for us as hitters. And I mean, when you don't when you don't make a play, it's it's just been a lot of frustration. Because you know you're better than, than, than what we're doing right now, and, and it just hasn't been going our way. Why have things clicked so well, do you think, with you and, and Trevor in a situation that you know, could have gone maybe a different way? Both of you guys seem to be you know, the type of individuals that are embracing it and thriving in it. Why do you think it, that worked out? I just think we're both real, man, you know? Uh, it's, it's just no fakeness. And uh, that's something that I, I saw right away, and obviously from the first couple times that we... Uh, we encountered, we talked, and, and obviously was sharing the field together. That's that's right away I, I, I kicked off on that vibe, and I think it's just been easier to translate and help each other understand each other. Uh, obviously, he's he, he's been dealing with a lot, especially beginning of the season with the, with the baby, with the yeah. the sick, and, and all this type of stuff. So he's been working on, on getting his timing, his swing right the way he wants it to be. But, I mean, for the most part, it's been smooth, bro, and, and right off the gate, we, we kicked off really well. Describe what things are like for you at, at the plate right now, where it seems like this is one of those streaks that you go on where you're seeing the ball well, you're driving it to all parts of the park, uh, that just kind of within yourself. Bro, before yesterday, I wasn't doing good. Uh, I mean, if you look at it in the whole season, yeah, but I had a whole week straight, bro, of not even being able to hit a fly ball to the outfield. Uh, I began my hits, yeah, it's infield knocks and, and bloopers, but... Hey, bro, you got to take it when, when you can get them, you know, and it's just been a, a grind for me. The other guys have been stepping up, so that takes kind of a lot of the, the, the eyes off of me. But, yeah, I wasn't swinging well. But coming back home, always it's always better. I play better here for the most part. And, 
just trying to get that swing right, you know, that, that, that swing that you come to the baseball park every day knowing that it's the same exact swing no matter which pitcher is pitching. That is a is an unbelievable feeling. So I know a lot of us are trying to get to that point, but it's just not getting there yet. Yeah, it seems like it's kind of one guy here or there, and it's it's a you know, getting like everybody collectively together. JD was carrying you guys during the stretch where you were str- struggling a bit, and yeah, throughout the course of the year as well. Which I would make the argument you have as well, but well, you're a little hard on yourself. Um, in regard to you know the the love that you feel from the fans here, was that something that you always felt, or do you feel that that's a little bit more so now when people are thinking about what you know could be in the future? Yeah, I would I would say more now. Uh, Obviously, dealing. I mean, the situation, uh, the situation that we're in. I would say that's maybe the reason why, uh, as opposed to when you're here and, and and they know that you're here for a long time, you know. And unlike the situation that we're in right now, so I guess it it, it was really surprising when I <laughs> when I heard it uh, yesterday. Also, I mean, these guys in the back of the dugout, man, they just chirping, just saying the same type of stuff, you know. So it's like, wow, you know, like. Now you feel it more than in the past where it wasn't, I wasn't in this situation. Did that, and obviously your words kind of fed their words perhaps a little bit and your desire to reopen negotiations and, and so forth, but do you, do you feel that um, their the words are part of making you want to do things more as well, or do you kind of just disconnect and let your agent do his thing? Yeah, I, I, I definitely will let him do his thing this time. Uh, it's, it's 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 much. I was a much different. I'm a much different player now than compared to to, to when I first signed a deal. I'm a much different person. Uh, just I would just say a different person, meaning experience-wise, uh, deal with a lot of downs and you know deal with with ups also. So I would just think that's a, that's something I would credit to the experience and being around the game, being able to to live in moments, uh, see through stuff and and. Just being around the game for a long time and, and, and just, as I said, just being comfortable. Well, then, biggest difference between you know, Xander at you know, 30 here this season versus when you first came up in 13. Like We're seeing Will Middlebrooks back here. Uke's in the park. You saw a little bit during spring training prior to your, your time with the Red Sox. So what's the, what are the biggest lessons you feel that you've taken on? Man, you're gonna you're gonna struggle, bro. You, you you're going to, and I feel like the good ones, the great ones, are the ones that that understands that, Un- understanding that, and and being comfortable with struggling is isn't the same. Yeah, it's just it's just that you're not gonna go, you're not gonna hit 500 yeah. for three months. Yeah. So it's gonna be ups and it's gonna be down. You, you're gonna struggle and then you're gonna have hard streaks, you know and. And and having a feel for when is the wrong, the, the, the rough stretch, and, and you got to put in the work, bro. It's not like, you know, some, some people be like, hey, everything's going to be all right, you know. If you don't go in the cage and take extra swings or, or look at videos trying to get better, how the hell you think it's going to yeah. get better, you so know? It's, it seems like a weird relationship with failure, right, where you have to kind of let failure motivate you but not drag at you like because you know there's going to be problems, but you I, kind of a, kind of lean into them and make them, you know, kind of turn it around i i I have a different i have a weird thinking ish uh i don't i don't i don't like failure i'm not saying that i want failure but but sometimes it's good to to have it because when you get out of it and when you get out of it you you will appreciate it more 
and also knowing what you did to get out of it. So when it happens again to you, you can just be able to fall back on that. And 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 now in, instead of that two for thirty, now you're two for fifteen, and then just you start getting hot back again. You know. So as I said, experiencing a lot of failure is definitely something that has helped me learn a lot with with baseball and adjusting. Zeta, thanks so much. You got it, bro. Yeah. Here is my conversation with Trevor Story. So your night has been defined as, quote-unquote, a breakout night by people who are observing. Do you feel like that was a breakout night, or is that kind of a something that's been building for a period of time? Uh, yeah, I think, <clears throat> yeah, I, I can see how people would say that. Um, definitely my best performance, you know, as a Red Sox so far. Um, but, yeah, I think you know, a, lot of, a lot of work has gone into it, a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes stuff, and, um, yeah, just a lot of hard work that, that kind of came out last night and uh, looking looking to uh, ride that out. What did that feel like? Kind of you, As you mentioned, you've been building towards it, and it was kind of a pinnacle. Um, so what was that like given, you know, what you've been trying to do here early on getting to a good place? Yeah, it felt great. Um, obviously, you know, it's it always feels good when the hard work kind of pays off a little bit. And, um, and this game is uh, – is relentless, you know, and I think um, the way you know we look at it is, well, you know, we're we're relentless in the work too. Um, we just know that over 162, uh, we're working on the right things and, and doing the right the right stuff um, to prepare for the game. Then, you know, sooner or later it's going to come out. Coming off of the last home stand against the White Sox, obviously is a low point, and then going to Atlanta, Texas. Like, where do you feel like things started to kind of click and turn around for this group? Um, yeah, I think it feels, you know, it kind of feels like Atlanta. Um, when we went to Atlanta and Texas and, um, you know, for us, it's all about winning series. And, um, if we can do that, then we, we know we'll be where we want to be at the end of the season. And, um, I think it's kind of as, as simple as that. I think, uh, the Atlanta trip kind of started it off. The next couple weeks, you have games that appear you know, winnable on the schedule. Obviously they're all winnable, but do you feel like this is kind of a, quote-unquote big stretch for this team in that you're playing well and kind of to build upon the momentum and some of the the good habits here and how do you do that yeah I think uh you know we we feel like every game is big um and every game is winnable and uh you know that's just kind of of the nature of the beast and you know in the AL East um you know we we have to play really good baseball and um we feel like we've done done a lot of that lately and I think we've we've built you know a lot of confidence um and you know the way our offense is clicking right now and um, how we feel like we're, we're not out of any game that, you know, whether we're, we're up or down early. And I think that that, uh, that bodes well for us in the long term. Bogey talked about the relationship with you and was kind of raving about you. And kind of biggest reason he said that this works so well is because you're both really open and honest and accessible with, with each other. How important is that, but also kind of the positivity that it seems like both you and he have where in difficult times things can obviously spiral but it seems like no matter what the situation is you've been here he's been here and and the te- you guys have been positive in difficult times yeah i think in baseball that's a that's a huge uh you know attribute uh to have uh this you know positivity finding finding positivity positivity in the bad times and you know it's, it's easy to do that in the good times but um having guys like that like bogey and uh you know, I think we all just kind of push each other in one way or another, um, and we—I think we learn from each other too. And um, you know, you, you get around guys like like that that um, you know you feel like um, great players, great teammates, and 
that just push you to uh, to be your best, and I think we all do that for each other. Nick Pavetta did something that we don't see too much in baseball anymore. On Wednesday night, he pitched a complete game. We talked to, with Pavetta about that. He's been a big part of the Sox turnaround. So, Nick, over the last nine games, it feels like this team has kind of hit its stride where everything's been kind of working together. And obviously over the time period, you had two outstanding starts to help this ball club. Do you feel like this over the last nine games, this team has kind of finally gotten you know where you guys want to be? Yeah, I think there's always room for improvement, though. Um, I think we're always ever-evolving, ever-changing, you know, as the game does. But right now, we we set a good base, and I think we just continue on this path and and just not try to make things too much. Just focus on the the standings of the team ahead of us and just try to get there and just keep keep moving forward. Yeah, after watching you last year, not much doubt that you would get to you know what we saw last season and perhaps even better. But for you, obviously, a couple of difficult starts to start the year. What evolved? What changed? Was it just you know giving it some time, or did you make adjustments? Uh, I think for me, it was just mostly mechanical. Um, you know, I was really out of rhythm, out of whack. Um, like I said before, the coaching staff did a tremendous job helping me get back on track, talking to the other starters, etc. And I think that's what really helped me out. And then just having confidence. And then, you know, as you gain more rhythm and you have more starts, you get into uh, kind of a stretch where you can kind of repeat and continue to repeat. And that's what I've been able to do. Old school dudes will rave about the complete game and like what it means to start and finish what you started, whether it's from Pedro or from other guys. And obviously we don't see it much in the game anymore. What is that that feeling like? And is there, is there something to a, a complete game in terms of uh, kind of completing a pitcher's feeling? Um, I think it's important. I think it's really fun. I think it's an accomplishment all at the same time. But also I don't want to make too much out of it too because I think it could be a regular thing for, for everybody. As it once was, I think it can still be. And I think that's an important uh, dynamic of, of baseball that we, that we keep uh, strong and, and keep in the game. It, why do you think that it do, has you know, changed? What do you think is the dynamic that has led to guys throwing less? Because there's certainly guys, as you mentioned, that are capable of doing it. Yeah, I think it's just simple. Every reliever throws 95-plus. Simple as that. So you get different guys with different arm slots all throwing 95 to 100. And those guys, you just have to pick, I guess, three. We'll, we'll say three on average every night that just have to click. And then you have they each hitter is seeing a different pitcher each time through. Alex was talking in his uh, pregame media earlier today about the importance of getting off to good starts with this offense, and he thinks that's been a big key in the last nine games and wants to get four runs kind of early in the game to take pressure off you guys. Now, each pitcher will say, it doesn't matter to me. I'm going to go out and I'm going to do the same thing regardless of whether the team scored no runs or they put nine on the scoreboard. But is there something different to pitching from ahead? Yeah, I think it's always it's always nice when there's runs on the board. I believe what's a quality starts six innings and three runs or is it six innings three runs so as long as there's you know the team can get three runs on the board and a, and a pitcher can go six innings usually you're going to win that baseball game final thing do you feel this rotation is underrated it, yeah. coming into the season it seemed like a lot of folks were talking about other rotations and people were sleeping on you and the, the evidence obviously has now indicated how good this rotation is and you still obviously have sale and, and paxton out there you have tanner in the bullpen yeah, I think everybody uh, has extreme pride in what they do. We have a lot of really good starting pitchers, a lot of pitchers that have been in the game longer than I have and have really perfected their crafts and are still growing their crafts too at the same time. Um, but for us, we just try not to pay attention too much. We just work on what we need to work on each game to win each series and each game that we go out and start and pitch and give our team the best uh, chance to win. What have you gained from Rich and Michael being here? 
Um, you know, they both bring uh, very, very interesting dynamics to to uh, kind of our clubhouse. Um, Rich being around numerous organizations, being in and out of the game, and then Waka being a young stud that he was when he first came up and continuing his career and getting better and better. Um, you know, just kind of talking about mental side of the game, certain pitches, you know, what they do, how they attack hitters, just kind of picking their brain, just baseball talk. I think any type of talk like that, it helps improve your game. Sweet. Appreciate it. Thank Thanks, you. Nick. Good Appreciate to see you. It. Take yep. care. Red Sox starter Nick Pavetta right there. Patriots organized team activities this upcoming week in Foxborough. And, of course, the Celtics play game three of the Eastern Conference Finals inside TD Garden. Another one of those 8.45 start times, a little more manageable Given it's a Saturday night, they'll play game four coming up on Monday inside TD Garden once again at 845 before the series shifts back to Miami. We'll have complete coverage of that coming up on the Press Pass. I am Chris Ryan. Thank you so much for being with us. This is the Press Pass.